Catherine Hepburn once said, and let's do it. As one goes through life, one learns that if you don't paddle your own canoe, yes, I love this. you don't move. Let me give you that pose one more time. It's like when you get inspired. Yes. You can either allow the swallows of the valley to sweep you away, or ride the winds of wisdom to unexpected heights. Either way, destiny is within your touch. The evolution of ownership of our voices a must. So, so keep going. Keep moving. And give yourself a yes to blossom in any space. Throughout time. And remain. undefined. Well, welcome to Undefined with Josina Anderson, that being yours truly. And for season two, episode two, I thought we would discuss what everybody is talking about. None other than Odell Beckham Jr., the newly minted free agent wide receiver who is getting this experience for the first time in his career, getting a lot of calls, a lot of convincing pleas with a lot of options to weigh on his table right now. So what other better way than to talk about this than with a cap expert that I know very well, Joel Corey. All right, so welcome to the NFL Insider Report on this edition of Undefined with Josina Anderson. You know we're going to get right into Odell Beckham Jr. That is the news. That's what everyone is talking about. And I couldn't think of anyone better to discuss this topic other than OBJ himself. I'm sorry, Joel Corey, but <laughs> you would be number no, you two. Mean, you uh, mean you wouldn't, you wouldn't want me over the source himself? Oh, come on well, now. I mean, you know, at least on this program right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we have a few teams to go through and I thought it would be really smart to just lay out some teams that you uh, figure are into the discussion uh, with regards to just either you know their record their quarterback situation uh, their position as far as potentially making the postseason and just overall situation even when you're looking at living uh, circumstances and, and city and all of that other stuff okay so we're just going to run through these all right okay okay so first and foremost let's talk about the LA Rams Hey, it's Vaughn Miller. I just landed in L.A. I'm a Los Angeles Ram. I'm ready to get to it. Let's go. Uh, they are 7-2. and two. Let's go right into what you say their uh, cap space is. Uh, yeah, they have slightly or right around $3 million cap space. Especially um, after the Vaughn Miller deal showed up, correct? Yeah. Well, that wasn't taking up much room because Denver's eating $9 million in salary, but still 
um, not enough to have claimed his contract. So obviously this is the city, you know, where he's had a home, it, it's LA, it has that comfort, you know, new stadium, all of that. Uh, but they have Cooper Cup, who's taking up a, a lot of the receiving attention right now. Uh, 74 receptions for 1,019 yards, 10 touchdowns. They got Robert Woods at, um, at with four touchdowns, and uh, I believe it's 556. I wrote over my notes there, sorry. And then Van Jefferson, uh, 46 for 433 and three touchdowns. So what do you make of the need at the receiver position given that? Well, my concern would be that it didn't work out with Deshaun Jackson. Obviously, Odo Beckham Jr. It is better than Deshaun Jackson, but he wanted out because of a lack of opportunity. So you'd have to go in there knowing you're not going to be the focal point of the passing game. That's going to be Cooper Cup. And Robert Woods has even at times this year complained about a lack of targets because Stafford seems to look for Cooper Cup more than anybody else. But nonetheless, the Rams are in win-now mode, Super Bowl or bust, so it would make sense to add another weapon since that's what their goal is this year. Okay, so when you look at the fact that they have roughly $3 million in cap space, um, what could they do in order to try to help the situation a little bit more? You talked about uh, Matthew Stafford potentially being a candidate here. Well, the one thing I'd be looking at primarily if I'm Odell Beckham Jr.'s first quarterback situation, the mm -hmm. best quarterback I can play with, I'm, then I'm looking at how the receiver hierarchy stacks up. Mm -hmm. Money is not my primary consideration. If I had to play for my league minimum, so be it, because I'm looking to put myself in the best position to maximize my value in 2022. Obviously, if you could, you want to be made whole, but um, if you're looking at money as a higher consideration on the totem pole, mm -hmm. then there are a couple of things that could be done. Yeah. Um, you can take a signing bonus in addition to a base salary. You can add four dummy voiding years. Three, assuming, three, three with uh, Matthew Stafford. I'm talking about for Odell. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming he's not signing beyond this year. Stretch yeah. that signing bonus over five years and there's going to be dead money when that voids at the end of the year, or if you can, you can look to restructure Matthew Stafford's contract. Mm -hmm. He's made half of his $9.5 million base salary. Mm -hmm. You could take that down to his league minimum. He's under contact for 2022, add three voiding dummy years. You can get about $3.4 million of cap space that way to help if Odell Beckham Jr. Definitely isn't, yeah, doesn't <laughs> want to play for a league minimum or close to it. Okay. But because as I said, I would be looking at money as my, not a, as a secondary consideration. Because they've already worked on Robert Woods contract, uh, converting 10 million into signing bonus and with Donald uh, converting 18 into signing bonus as well. Correct. Well, that's, that's, that's going to be a problem generally yeah. around the league because the cap dropped basically 15% from last year to this year. So teams, restructured more contracts than they had in most other years. So you're not going to find a bunch of teams that have a huge base salary left that they could convert in order to accommodate Odell at his full salary. Mm -hmm. Okay. So those are the considerations uh, 
you know, with the Rams, obviously a lot attractive about that. One of the things that I have, you know, constantly underlined, you know, when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr., one of the considerations should be uh, him looking to find a home and not just the house, you know, with things that he has going on, you know, in his life. And also just the fact that he's already been on two teams. Um, This is a team whose quarterback is not, you know, super old and, and, and still has some stuff left in his arm even beyond this year with them being Super Bowl or bust this, this season. Oh, well, Matthew Stafford's having a career year this year. So right. we, <laughs> there's a reason they got rid of Jared Goff. If Jared Goff was still there, I'd scratch them off the list. But All right, so let's move on to the Seahawks. Every morning I wake up, I wake up to win another Super Bowl for the Seattle Seahawks. That's my mission. It takes a journey. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes a lot of studying. It takes a lot of, a lot of great moments. Some tough ones too along the way, but I know that we can do it again. My mind is so focused on us doing it for the city and and uh, us winning it all. Go on. So the Seahawks right now have the most cap space of the teams that we're going to be talking about. Uh, you have them at uh, 12.5. The problem is, is that they're three and five <laughs> with the record. However, Russell Wilson is coming back to start against uh, Green Bay. So when you're looking at that with the cap space, the record, and you look at their receiving situation, DK Metcalf right now, uh, 580 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, lock it at 579. So just one receiving yard less. Uh, with three touchdowns, but has, you know, a couple more in receptions. What do you think about the receiving situation, the cap being at 12, but then their record? Well, they had enough room to claim Odell if they wanted to, but they chose not to. Um, If you're trying to win out of the teams that he would possibly consider, this would be at the bottom of the list. They're not in the playoffs. They start today. Uh, they'll be scratching and fighting and clawing to get one of the last playoff spots and would most likely get anything can happen. But um, you got the quarterback. Uh, that, to me, would be the reason Seattle would be more interested, trying to make a playoff push and also placate Russell Wilson so he's not pushing to try to get out of there after the season. But with Lockett and Metcalf, then you're not going to be the focal point of this passing game either. Well, and, and it is true, you know, Russell is uh, definitely making uh, his pleas um, and, and for obvious reasons, you know, OBJ is the, uh, you know, uh, weapon that he is in terms of being on the field. So, um, you know, that's definitely going on and uh, a, a lot of among a lot of other convincing calls that Odell Beckham Jr. is getting from, you know, coaches and players and, and just what have you. Um, and even, and even beyond that to make these pitches very, very, very convincing. Okay. So, um, and, and then obviously the other thing that's hard for the Seahawks is that they're at the bottom uh, of the uh, division with the 49ers who are three and five. So quite a climb to get out of the NFC West as well. Yeah. If the playoffs started today, the Falcons would have the seventh and last seed in their four and four. So they're game back in the standings, but you play in a tough division. So leapfrogging teams could be tough. So if you're surefire trying to make the playoffs, this is not, this is a risky proposition. Mm -hmm. Not impossible, but yes, that nonetheless, that's the current situation. Although, as we mentioned, Russell Wilson is coming back. Let's move on to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, We have their cap space at little, uh, over 4 million or between four and 4.5. 
Um, obviously the team is seven and two, though. They just dropped the game to the chiefs with Aaron Rodgers out, who is set to come back uh, as long as he has the two uh, negative tests um, against the Seahawks, no less the team that we were just talking about. Um, when you're looking at this team and their receiving uh, situation, Devonte Adams, the clear number one, 786 receiving yards, uh, three touchdowns uh, on 87 targets. But when you look at the next situation with Randall Cobb, there's a big drop in targets, as you pointed out, uh, 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 Joel with 20 targets, uh, excuse me, 28 targets on 20 receptions um, for uh, 264 on four touchdowns. And then Aaron Jones is actually the third receiver there at uh, 33 on 237 for four touchdowns. So what do you think about that situation? Well, it's great from the standpoint that you're going to see the least amount of attention from a defense that you've seen since early in your rookie year, because Devontae Adams is going to garner the lion's share of a defense's attention, kind of like in Arizona, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has opened things up for Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. So that would be attractive to, oh, should be attractive to Odell, in addition to the fact that they have been in the NC Championship game the past two years, um, and you have the reigning MVP at quarterback. So um, if also, if you want to, ingratiate yourself even more to Aaron Rodgers, who was trying to get out of there in the offseason, getting him another toy can't hurt. Well, and then the other thing, like I said, that you mentioned when you're looking at, you know, how A.J. Green was able to, um, you know, kind of experience somewhat of a renaissance, right, you know, uh, with the attention that's being paid to DeAndre Hopkins, though, I do think it's interesting you're not really mentioning that with other teams, because uh, you, you talk about like Seattle and um, D.K. And, and Tyler, but yeah, well, I the, feel targets like are kind, yeah. the Tigers are kind of split there that, mm -hmm. and there's so much and so many passes go to Cooper Cup that you're going to be more of an afterthought there than here in Green Bay, because this is clearly a place where it's Devontae Adams and there's no really second established option, whereas in L.A. you got Robert Woods, who's been one of the more surprising one of the more productive receivers over the past few years up until this year and you've got one a and one b in seattle well and then so as you mentioned getting matched up with the number two corner certainly with that attention where he's normally you know getting the number one db matchup you know particularly in his experience with the giants and the and the um and and the browns so you definitely have that going for you um when you're looking at the fact that their cap space is four to 4.5 you know what could they do here you mentioned aaron Rodgers base is uh 1.1 you don't want to restructured him they can't mm -hmm. do anything they can't get anything out of that yep, Darius yeah. smith they took down a 9.9 he can't really get anything out of that don't they don't have Devontae adams I, well that's the one guy they could he's got a 12 and a half million dollar base salaries in a contract year they could add voiding dummy years if he's amenable to that but i'm not touching his contract and pushing the can down the road because i already have the second most cap commitments next year of any nfl team beside the saints mm -hmm. so not much more room you can create um at least responsibly in your mind uh sticking around that four and four and a half yeah that kind of gets back to the fact that odell may have to decide Am I looking best playing opportunity versus trying to maximize dollars? As I said earlier, I would not have maximizing dollars is a primary consideration, although I understand that he wants to be made whole from what he was going to make in Cleveland had nothing gone wrong. Right. And then obviously the situation with Green Bay, clearly, you know, 
Um, this is another quarterback that he has a, a rapport with. And obviously, you know, um, uh, one of the top ones in the NFL, um, arguably. Um, so that, you know, remains there. And, um, you know, there's been much conversations, you know, with, um, you know, I'll just say Green Bay personnel going back and forth with people on the team and things like that, just trying to figure it out as well. So we will continue to keep an eye on that without obviously saying uh, too much in that situation too. All right, so we're moving on. Anything else you wanted to say about Green Bay? Uh, no, that would be one that I would find highly attractive. Although if you're looking for nightlife and that shouldn't be a primary consideration, Green Bay ain't Why it. you got to bring up the nightlife? You didn't bring up the nightlife with any other... <laughs> So where are they going? Club bar? What we- <laughs> well, in L.A., since he has a home in L.A., that if you want to go out on an off day, you can. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in Green Bay. You said there's not. You- <laughs> I've been to Green Bay. There's nothing to do there. I used to have clients. Don't say, hey, listen, there's hey, we're not hating on Green Bay. There's things hey, there's to do a, in Green there- Bay. No, it's a great place going to club bar, but it's it's a great place for married people. My single clients would go to Chicago or Milwaukee on the off day. That tells us all you need to know about Green Bay, but that's not the primary consideration. Okay, It's it's winning a championship and putting yourself in the best position to maximize money as a free agent in 2022. Says JC. And then the other consideration real quick before we move on to the Saints, and we're trying to hurry up through these is that, you know, who knows if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there next year. So when we go back to the consideration of house versus home, you've got something in the immediate, but then you're potentially looking at, you know, having to change, you know, circumstance again. And, you know, one thing that uh, has been important to OBJ is, you know, the football legacy and things like that. Now, obviously you achieve that if you get a ring and it doesn't matter, but, um, you know, as far as if it doesn't work out and, and also Aaron Rodgers has to, you know, go to uh, another team, then you're, you're moving well, here, here's what, here's what could also happen. Then mm-hmm. you develop a great rapport of Aaron Rodgers and let's say he, Oh, you can follow it, him. Yes, yeah. You, you can, can follow, follow him. him. Yes, you definitely can. Absolutely. And absolutely. That, that, I, I know that's being thrown out there as well. All right. So um, let's talk about the new Orleans Saints. All right, so they have less than a million in cap space. You have it at seven to 900,000. Basically, no uh, number one wide receiver right now. Michael Thomas has already said he's done for the year. You're looking at Deontay Harris, 21 for 323, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara is the second receiver at 32 uh, uh, receptions for 310, four touchdowns. Uh, Callaway, 22 uh, for 309, four touchdowns. So they're starving, you know, for number one wide receiver production. Yeah, it's, it's the place where you could walk in immediately and be the go-to receiver, plus the Louisiana connection played at LSU. Uh, you saw from, the reception yeah. that they gave on Mark Ingram when he came back. Yeah, um, so you know what high, school, what high school in New Orleans, mm-hmm. the quarterback situation would be concerned. Little Wayne probably be at the first game. <laughs> that's probably, that's <laughs> true. Trevor Simeon, <laughs> the current starter, journeyman. You got Taysom Hill coming back. Who, by the way, almost pulled off the win against the Falcons, though they did come up short, but, you know, played, de- played you know, uh, above decent, actually. Very serviceable. Yeah, but out of the teams we discussed so far, if you're looking at, if you start ranking the quarterbacks, the Saints are a clear last place. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. 
all right, yes, but they do have a better record than the Seahawks. Yes, the Saints yes, should make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The, the way the defense is that's playing, if they get any type of decent quarterback play, they should make the playoffs. Right. So, all right, but the cap situation, not great, but, you know, this is a team that's been known to, you know, oh, do everything that they can. The problem is they've done a lot of what they can. They've right? done so, actually, they had to shed over $100 million in cap commitments just to get under the cap before the league year started they've basically restructured almost every contract you could so it's like trying to squeeze blood out of a turnip um and you feel you can't do there. that with their franchise player marcus williams no you can't once july 15th has passed you can only sign a one-year deal and mm-hmm. you can't do an extension until the end of the regular season so you can't add voiding dummy years where you can get cap room because technically that would be an extension, even though those aren't real years. So you really had to pull out the micro, uh, you know, magnifying glass to really kind of look at this. So you did look at PJ Williams situation. You could start from 2.24. You're not getting a whole lot of room. We're halfway through the season. There's only so much you can do, (laughs) but that's where you would be starting from with PJ Williams. And then Alvin Kamara is at two. Yeah, but you know, you're not getting much room out of that either. Or Ryan Ramsey at 1.71. So stating where they are, and then Ryan Ramsey at 1.71. That's where you'd be starting. Yeah, those, these are the base salaries. That, yeah, so base salaries that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You you have to leave a minimum base salary mm-hmm. when you are converting money to signing bonus to create cap room. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there's not much you can do here. And the last point that you made that possibly could be done is this, uh, you know, stick a not likely to be earned incentive. Yeah, that, that could be a way that could, well, you could stick and I like the incentive for he'd have to actually earn it. It wouldn't count on the cap this year, but it would count in the year in reconciliation or next year or mm-hmm. count or go or take up room from next year's cap. So that could be a way for him to get additional money. That could apply to any other team as well. But and you had it at eight hundred and twelve thousand. Um, no, you can make the likely be earned incentive whatever you want it to. Okay, what was eight hundred and twelve thousand? Oh, that was that was going to Stafford in the conversion. Okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. All right. So that's what the situation is there. Obviously, a big lure as far as you know coming home. Uh, you know, a lot of convincing going on and and all that other stuff. So definitely, we will see. But you know, as I mentioned yesterday, when Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, uh, first cleared waivers and, and tweeted out that. Um, you know, he was going to try to take, you know, some time to look at the situation being in this uh, free agency for the first time in his career, be able to soak it up. The question is how long, right? Um, You have the ability to either make the decision this week or do it next week, take some time. And uh, okay. All right. So that's a text coming in. I'll explain that later. But um, so, uh, or wait till, you know, next week, watch the games and, you know, take it, you know, take in some. Who knows if you wait, through this week maybe there's an injury that occurs and i'm always in favor of getting more data you know what I'm potentially could give you more leverage you just wait you, just, you, you never know <laughs> you know all right i'm always in favor of more information but you know nonetheless it is his decision So we are moving to our last two teams uh, uh, with the Bucks. 
Um, you know, we have Bruce Arians coming out and already saying today we've already got AB, don't need OBJ, though Antonio Brown hurt his uh, ankle in the Philadelphia game, was in a walking boot as of Monday, um, also missed week three with COVID. Um, you're looking at Gronk, who is, uh, you know, not had the most productive year. So, yes, they've got a lot of weapons, but they've been dealing with some injuries. But I'm obviously assuming that they think that that's going to, you know, resolve itself at, at some point. And then clearly you have all the other weapons on that team. So, are we already Xing this out or as you yeah, I would, I wouldn't, I would put them at consult. the bottom because it only makes sense. If Antonio Brown is a long-term injury uh, when they're healthy, they don't need anybody unless the assistant general manager, Tom Brady is adamant about adamant about Odell Beckham jr. Coming here. Then that changes the equation, but you can only throw one football at a time. And You've got Tom Mike Brady Evans. done his pleading before and wore them down before. Yeah, it, yeah. Because recently my, my Antonio Brown wasn't supposed to be there, but what Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady gets. But you got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, if healthy. And, and Rob Gronkowski, if healthy. Always love Tom too. So yeah, yeah. but it, I'm just how, you can't you can't job. throw two footballs at the same time if everybody's healthy. Right. The, well, and, and obviously, you know, him saying that so strongly, it looks like the idea is that uh, AB would be uh, coming back. But yeah, that suggests that he's going to be back at some point for a stretch run. And Gronk, uh, once he's healthy, then you've got the best wide receiver tight end grouping in the league with the four of them. <laughs> Yes, but yeah, he's been um, kind of clunking around for a little bit and probably shouldn't have come back in that game in Halloween and set himself back. Yeah, that's what Arian said. Arian mm-hmm. said he shouldn't have played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to listen to your body. It's not always about, you know, hitting up prime time uh, and uh, making yourself have to be more delayed. Okay, let's move to our last team, the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Jackson in the traffic. So you have their cap space between 104 and 122. Um, the wide receiver situation is. Well, here's, all, here's, here's the main consideration okay. of Baltimore more than anything else. Odell just left a run oriented offense. Mm-hmm. Baltimore runs the ball first, passes second. Mm-hmm. Does he really want to go back into that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you look, but you look at their wide receiver situation, although I would say to answer what you just said real quick, you know, Lamar has in, improved as a passer, uh, better at, you know, as you mentioned, coming back in games, obviously playing at an arguable MVP uh, level, depending on uh, who you're talking to, but you cannot discount uh, all the adversity that they've overcome and how that team's been performing and how head coach John Harbaugh has been performing. But looking at the wide receiver situation, you've got Marquise Brown at 682, receiving yards, six touchdowns, Mark Andrews, who's obviously doing what he normally does, 560 receiving yards, three touchdowns. Uh, there's a drop there to Sammy Watkins, um, 18 at 292 for zero touchdowns. And then the, the rookie Bateman, uh, 12, 161, zero touchdowns. Thoughts? That's just not the most receiver friendly offense because they're set up to run the football. So I don't know if that's going to be the highest place on his list. But also, there's one we haven't mentioned, Kansas City. Well, this is Morris Chestnut's pick 
for OBJ because he is looking at the path to the Super Bowl. And he thinks that if OBJ goes to an NFC team, you know, you're really looking at a cannibalistic situation. He's he's right about that because the Mm -hmm. NFC is going to be running the gauntlet to get through, whereas the AFC it's not as top heavy. So that's, that's a legitimate point. Right. I mean, obviously the Titans are, are which also to me, if Kansas city can write the ship, we got half a season to do it. They've looked terrible this year. And you got and Casey reaching there's, out there's, there's in, still in, in the still five and four. reach outs right now. So I've heard they're still so. five and four, even though they have not played well for most of the season, <laughs> if they write the ship, they're right there in the okay. AFC. Yes, but obviously though, the Titans are resurging as well in the AFC though. It's, it's, it's um, not a, I'll believe it when I see it. The Titans won a game with less than 200 yards of offense. The defense played great. Mm. I'll see if they they're going to make the playoffs because the schedule is favorable. But defense definitely playing better. Yeah, trying to overcome that loss of Derrick Henry over the long run. We'll see. Mm -hmm. And I'm from Nashville saying that. Well, you and yes, you are. Well, listen, we have run through those teams. We did not mention uh, the the Patriots because we just didn't mention the Patriots. Anything you want to say? Yeah, I don't know if Odell, even though he has an affinity for Bill Belichick, a mm-hmm. rookie quarterback may not be something he's looking to play for. And mm-hmm. also in New England, the way they run their offense, if you're supposed to run a 10 yard out, that means 10 yards, not nine, not 11, not a lot of room for interpretation with the, that offense. So he'd be the clear cut number one receiver there, but rookie quarterback, I don't know if that's what he's looking for. Plus they would be on the outside looking in today as well. Yes. All right. So, well, listen, we have run the gamut on talking about uh, these teams. I thought that was a really good discussion with regards to looking at the cap situation, receiving situation, records, uh, divisional standings, and all that other stuff, um, long-term looks, uh, quarterback, life city, all of those things. So quite a few things for uh, Odell Beckham Jr. to take in consideration and make no mistake, he is getting a lot of calls, a lot of convincing calls, uh, making their pleas. So do not mistake the silence for lack of interest because that would be. Probably feels like he's in high school again, a father recruiting because that hadn't happened since uh, then because you don't get to pick your team when you come out of college for the draft. That is true. That is true. Well, listen, we appreciate you going through your insights. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, what it ends up being, especially after, you know, everything has been laid out. But Uh, We appreciate having you on the show. Our cap expert, uh, Joel Corey, joining us as usual. Thanks for having me. And so we end the show now on my take on Aaron Rodgers. Yes, the Packers quarterback has been involved in quite a commotion on social media after his 46-minute diatribe that he did on Pat McAfee that offended quite a few people, clearly contained misinformation and inaccurate comments. But what I want to focus on is the recent apology that 12 issued, in which he did show some contrition, but one of the statements in particular did not uh, sit well with me when I look at the fact that he said... um, He wanted to apologize, which obviously is appropriate and good. But he said that uh, some people might have felt misled and that he was taking full responsibility. Clearly, when you're issuing an apology, you don't want to say someone might have felt someone. You want to acknowledge that they did feel that way in order for it to be fully authentic. So that was number one. 
And clearly also going back to the diatribe that he issued in which he was saying that people were on a witch hunt and using political inflammatory uh, phrases like woke mob and then the misapplication of the Martin Luther King quote, which clearly doesn't apply from the standpoint or at least misused because people of color cannot change their skin color, whereas football is a choice. And then lastly, when you're looking at the discipline that the NFL issued uh, as far as a $300 thousand fine on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers getting four. $14,650. Now, understanding the protocol that was agreed upon by the NFL and the union that you have a fine schedule for certain infractions and for not wearing a mask that is that specific fine to Aaron Rodgers for $14,650. And for the Packers getting the $300,000 fine, uh, in my mind, likely because of the set forth statements that are in the protocol when it comes to uh, the fact that teams have to report when they know that there is a violation. There is a section for that under the enforcement section as well, and that they have to sign a weekly certification, uh, definitely uh, guaranteeing that the team is following protocols when it comes to uh, the infection officer and then also the uh, team physician and the general manager slash you know senior executive that is on that team. So they're supposed to do that weekly that um, obviously looks like it was not happening with the standpoint of uh, violations clearly occurring uh, during the press conference in which Aaron Rodgers was not wearing a mask and not being a violation. So if you're supposed to do those weekly certifications that was not happening, clearly there is um, something amiss there. And with the fact that you're supposed to be wearing the mask during preseason, which, uh, you know, per the reports, I didn't see the games that he wasn't doing in those situations as well. But the issue is that the NFL is supposed to come across looking very Credible with their uh, coming down of uh, the protocol um, and their discipline. And when you look at these amounts, it just simply doesn't suggest that. Um, 14000 pretty much amounts to $100 at the corner of the couch of Aaron Rodgers and the 300000 basically a 1000 out the couch of the Packers. So from an optics standpoint, it doesn't look like the language in the uh, protocol with respect to uh, you know, enforcing this and, and, you know, coming down, you know, with, with the, the, the harsh hammer of, you know, how important this is to health and safety with respect to juxtaposing that up against the amount. But at the end of the day, I do appreciate that Aaron Rodgers issued the apology. Um, and I know that it's a little bit clouded for the NFL when you consider the fact that there was previous knowledge of Aaron Rodgers' status and the fact that there's someone from the team reaching out to the NFL PA trying to figure out on a player's behalf, which we assume to be Aaron Rodgers, whether homeopathic treatments can be considered a, a, a formal vaccine. So obviously there was some knowledge between the union and the league as well with respect to those status. And I understand that that has to be taken into consideration. But lastly, what I want to say is even with all that um, on the balance, I do think that we have to be careful with respect to how, uh, you know, we criticize. And that includes me and everybody else on social media, because at the end of the day, we do not want to, um, we don't want to cut off the discussion. So we can't be so outraged. We can't be so enraged. We can't be so uh, offended and so zealous to condemn that we close the ear of change and understanding. Thank you.